This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. On the grains, Chicago border trade markets are now bigger than just a rain in Brazil. I find it hard to believe that the Mato Grosso has had the driest conditions since they've been tracking them up until now, and that will not have had some impact on final yield, even with some late rains. Remember how our summer went? Rains for the western Corn Belt ended in July, and in some places in Iowa even sooner in 2020. The trade and USDA were both slow to acknowledge the collapse of the crop condition. I mocked the USDA crop condition ratings, which I think need a comprehensive overhaul. The crop condition ratings did not come close to catching the severity of the late season drought impact on corn. It was as if they thought that the crop had been made, and I wrote several reports explaining that agronomically it was just not so. The adage is that the corn crop is made in July, but not if you completely run out of soil moisture. I've said that my report often makes more sense looking back, and that was the case with those. I recognize that the late season abrupt shutdown of corn as moisture reserves were completely drained was going to have a larger impact on production than the derecho. It did. The way that the USDA worked, I knew it would take until the November crop report when USDA had harvest data for them to begin to wise up to the field conditions that had occurred. As noted, I had not seen anything similar since 1976. I do not remember much, but 1976 stuck out that it came back to me as a year that my corn died in August. My corn died again in August 2020, and corn on corn does particularly poorly in those conditions. That is why there was a big yield difference uh, for corn on corn in 2020. When the corn was in the bin, the USDA found out the same thing that I did, that the crop was even shorter than we realized. The January crop report showed one of the largest November to January yield declines for corn ever. I expect that 2020 corn production may be reduced even further into the September quarterly stocks report later this year, as USDA often does. The La Nina has shifted rains in South America to a pattern more consistent with La Nina. It has been drier than typically the case for La Nina early season. More normal means dryness in northeast Brazil and Argentina. Then throw in too much rain in southern Brazil, preventing them from timely planting of the second crop. I think that USDA's January estimates for South America corn and soybean production are all still too high. The crop at most risk now is the second crop safrinha corn, which is double crop behind soybeans. The soybean harvest is now being delayed by heavy rains in southern Brazil, which means that the seed corn is still in the bag. Brazil's safrinha corn crop is a short season corn, so every day when planting is delayed, risk increases. Safrina makes up two-thirds of Brazil's corn production. A short Brazilian corn crop means that exporters will have to come here for it, and our U.S. corn balance sheet tightens further. Obviously, $5 a bushel to deter our export customers, huge sales were reported last week, and they are reportedly still interested in more. Here in the United States, the Northwest Corn Belt, where they expect more acres from, is not even getting snow. They've been missed by all the moisture systems, but they're not a lot of help in winter with frozen ground. There was more discussion of export taxes in Russia because of high domestic prices. The wheat market initially responded, but it is still a discussion, 
in the wheat market returned. There was unrest in Russia and Putin clamped down, reportedly incarcerating over 5,000 people. Putin doesn't want higher food price inflation, making things worse. Domestic food inflation may eventually become an issue even here in the United States. If we export as much as I think that we will, and meat and food prices eventually rise enough ahead, there could even be a discussion of limiting U.S. exports sometime in the future. Remember, consumers won the last election, and if commodity prices get too high, there could be a backlash with calls to limit exports, just like in Russia. Recognition of how China stole 2020 U.S. crops from farmers will be written as well. The trade did a fairly good job of estimating the cattle inventory in the USDA semi-annual report. The herd is 100% of a year ago, with the trade looking for 997 Beef cow numbers were down a percent, with dairy cow numbers up 1%, as bulls veered in the direction expected. The deviation in trade expectations was the beef heifers being added to the herd. I do not see any immediate impact from the report. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 